ready, Danny. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Besties in the Break Room. I'm one of your hosts, Christian. I'm your other host, Nikki. And today we're on a bit of a tangent. I have so much to talk about. We have so much to talk about. So before we get into all that, how has your week been? My week was good. I mean, I, I mostly like as of recently, I've just been like working. Um, started back at the gym this week. Fun. So yeah, I'm, I mean, my week's been good. You? That's good. My week's been pretty chill. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I worked a little bit. I work the next four days, which, uh, but eh, it'll be fine. And I just been chilling. I did a, recently I've been starting back up my little like photography side hustle thing. So I'm really excited to get into that because do ASMR of you chomping on the ice. feel like it barely picked it up but no it'll it'll pick it up it'll pick it up okay um but yeah i've just been kind of like been doing my like photography side hustle recently so starting that back up has been really cool i just did a engagement shoot for our friend emma shout out emma friend of the pod so i just been doing that and um it's been it's been so fun like editing and kind of like getting back into the groove and then i have another i have a graduation shoot for your mom scheduled I'm not scheduled, but she's asked me when I can do it. But, you know, so that's exciting. And then I think after this, I'm just going to like post a bunch of my photos on like I have a photography Instagram made. So there's that. So, I mean, that's really fun. Um, That's about I feel like that's about it. Really? I um, what are your favorites from Ocean Boulevard? Whoa, let's get into let's get into Ocean Boulevard, though. Okay, so we went to the listening party. (laughs) Loki, I mean, I like. Would some- you do it again? No, <laughs> not at Grimey's because that it wasn't loud enough for me. Like some yeah. of the songs were okay and I could hear them, but like on my initial listen, I did like some of the songs on the first listen, but a lot of them I was like, oh my god, this is so boring. Yeah. Um, but like once I like could once we had the album and we could like play it like loud in my room, I was like, okay, I like a lot of these songs a lot more. I think. The listening party was fun, except for people were talking. And with a Lana Del Rey album, especially when you are like, when you're like having piano ballads, and then people are like trying to talk, I'm like, oh my god, like why are you speaking? Like uh, just yeah, that was annoying. Especially because they didn't really have it that loud. So like basically, if you don't know what a listening party is, um, it's basically where you can go to. A lot of like record stores have it. Um, and you just like show up, and they play the album before it's released because they get it that week to be sold on the day that the album's released. So they got their vinyls and then they played it from the vinyl, which is like fine and all and dandy, but it wasn't loud enough. And then not only was it not loud enough, but everyone kept talking and then like people really kept talking. And then one person just like was like shouting over the music. Um, And so I was just like, I was like, okay, that was shade. And then, but I mean, for the most part, it was fine. I was excited. I got the freebies, which I was really, really excited about. Yeah, we got a poster. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> we got a poster yeah. and a wristband. So, I mean, that was pretty cool. Um, I've never been able to attend a Lana listening party because every time she does them, they're like either like in California ugh, or they're like somewhere else. Like, I don't know. It's just always been like random. But this this was this was different and this was fun i i enjoyed it but and i would go back for the freebies and also just to hear the album because i love lana so much but it was it was kind of messy it was a little messy it was i thought they were gonna play it on those like really big speakers that like they have concerts on but yeah and i thought they were gonna like turn because when they went up uh there because grimy's is set up to where like you walk in there's a bunch of records and then at the very back of the store there's um like a stage where people people like local artists will come in and play concerts there so i was like excited and i was like oh like we're really about to like oh this is like cool like they're gonna play it on these big like concert speakers that like fills up the whole room no Mm -mm. they played it on like the regular store speakers but they just turned them up a bit and i was just kind of like uh okay and the bass was not hitting on them speakers no the bass was rattly 
rattling. It was. So, but I was like, okay, cool. And then finally, like, that Thursday came, and then I came over here, and we listened to the album when it came out that night, because it comes out for us at 11, so we listened to it, and... What are your favorites? I, I can already give my top three. Ooh, top, you want a top three? Yeah. Oh, probably number one is Grandfather, Please Stand on the Shoulders of My Father While He's Deep Sea Fishing. That's number one. Uh, number two is probably Let the Light In. And then number three is probably Fingertips. Um, My top two is the same, but my third favorite is Margaret. Oh, you're a Margaret stan. I didn't really like <laughs> I didn't really like Margaret when I first heard it, but like the yeah. other day when I was in my car, I was like, This is like Lana's You Are in Love. Like <laughs> I'm feeling the vibe of it. Like If you don't know, You're in Love is a Taylor song that she released on the deluxe version of nineteen eighty nine and it it was about Jack's ex fiance? His ex wife, Lena Dunham. Wife? Like they were married? Yeah, they were married for a couple oh, years. They were married for a few years. But yeah, she wrote that song about like for Jack about them. So and that was really Margaret cool. Margaret is about his current, his new fiance, his newer one, and she's an actress, but I don't remember her name. Well, um, you know, you know. <laughs> one thing that I will say is, um, I really, I have this is her best album since NFR, and I feel like you can agree. Oh yeah, because. As much as I, I really do genuinely have a lot of love for Kim Charles and Blue Bannisters, and don't give me that look, um, I genuinely do have a lot of love for those albums, and I know a lot of people don't, but I mean, say what you want, they got a lot of critical acclaim for a reason, and I think if you took the themes and like some of the themes and some of the like uh, like sounds of Blue Bannisters and Kim Charles and like put them through an NFR filter, I feel like that's what you get with this album. Yeah, I mean the auto tune on Fishtails kind of not fish. Was it Fishtails? Yeah, Fishtails. Yeah. The auto tune on it kind of reminded me of some of the songs off Chemtrails. Yeah, like Tulsa Jesus Freak. Yeah, you should stay real close to Jesus. So good. Um, yeah, I really, I really, really love this album. I think if we were to. I don't know. I quickly want to go through like a track by track like we did for Midnight's. Um, just like a quickly like so pull it up on your phone and we can just go like track by track because and then at the end I think I'll really just kind of like explain my whole thoughts feelings and then I'll like we'll sign out and talk about something else. Okay. The Grants. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch sit your ass down and shut the fuck up. Oh my god. Okay. The Grants. I love the Grants, okay? Um Lana opens up the album talking about her brother and her sister and like her family and just sort of like talking about her family line and I think that's really beautiful. I really really love this album opener. I think I love that it builds. I love that we get our backup singers that we had for Thunder. They're not the same people except for one of them, but I just like hearing like different voices kind of like collage and like collab with lana i think that's really really cool um i love the theme of the song and i i just it's a really good song i give it a five out of five what do you give it um maybe needs a couple more listens (laughs) you know i don't really want to rank it okay the second song did you know that there's the tunnel under ocean boulevard the title track amazing Um, amazing five out of five five out of five i've loved this song since it came out me and nikki always joke that if a if a one of our favorite singers goes like if they breathe into the microphone that's a serve taylor's done it a couple times uh madison beer does it a lot a lot which i mean it's a serve yeah um and lana's done it which is i mean that's really cool so Again, just sort of talking about, like, the themes of, like, trying to, you know, she's kind of just saying, like, don't forget me. Whereas in the first track, she's talking about, like, extending her family line. But in this track, I feel like she's mostly talking about don't forget me and my legacy and don't forget the things that I've done. And um, her long live. Her. (laughs) If you don't know, long live is a song from Taylor um, from Speak Now. Um it's a message to the fans. It is a message to the fans. So I guess this is her long live, yeah. Uh, track three, Sweet. 
I love this song. I love it too. Uh, on initial listen, I've always liked it because it reminds me of a Disney song. Yeah, a lot of people say, uh, "Oh, that's later," but yeah, "Sweet" is really, really good. I like that it builds. I like the little bit of strings that we get. Um, five out of five for me. Yeah, f- four out of five. Okay. Um, no, I'm just kidding. A and W. Five out of five. Um, amazing. Really so great. Good. When we got that second single, I remember I woke up and you texted me the song on Apple Music and you said. Oh, this guitar is eating. And I was like, what? I hadn't even heard the song yet. So then I was like, what? I know. I remember when I saw it and I was like listening to it and I texted you and you weren't like instantly responding. I was like, oh, he's not up yet. <laughs> you were like, oh, he's waking up to something. Um, it was good. We've talked about A&W here before, but we have. it's really great. Five out of five. Five out of five. Yeah. Um, Judas Smith interlude. Skip. So, <laughs> so this is sort of like an interlude. I feel like there's a trio on this album and that would be the judas smith interlude candy necklace featuring john batiste and the john batiste interlude um they kind of sort of all have the sort of same vibe judas smith is a preacher at i believe hillsong united and she's kind of getting a little bit of backlash from this track because they're like why do you put a album why do you put a sermon from a preacher who's talking about who's like before pep like perpetuated like homophobic things and like all that stuff but i definitely think this song i this like interlude sort of like what he's talking about is like the end of the world end of life and like things like that and that plays into the themes of the album and i mean i just think it's i think it's cool i think it's eerie but i will skip it like i don't think i'll ever play it yeah skip candy necklace featuring john batiste i like that one i really like that one i think it's great i think the course is killer I think her delivery on the verses is really, really cool, too. And I like hearing her and John Batiste. Five was, out of five. I was about to say, I like their voices together a lot. Because this is, like, really deep. It is. So I'm just like, that really, that obviously goes well, especially when Lana's hitting those high notes. I give it a four out of five. Okay. Um, John Batiste interlude. This one is just kind of to keep the same vibes from the previous two tracks. I feel like this, it's all it is, it's it's lana and john batiste just kind of like talking and you can kind of like faintly hear their voices and as they like walk around and laugh and whatever and it's sort of like this eerie vibe i mean i like it but i'm not gonna play it no me either um kintsugi kintsugi two out of five (laughs) boring (laughs) it's the worst for me this is the worst song on the album okay um this this song is um to me to me i think it's really great lyrically i think the lyrics are amazing but i mean it's a lot of a song of course um it is just a piano ballad and it's kind of little it's stripped um i like some of the melodies in it i definitely need to i feel like this is a grower for me for sure um because of course i mean i've gone back and listened to some of the blue banisters sort of piano stroke ballads and i really end up liking those so i know i'll end up liking this just not when i'm bombarded with such five out of five tracks from lana on this album yeah that i'm gonna repeatedly go back to but kintsugi probably uh that's gonna take a little bit on me just because it is just so and you're a stan so like you know that ain't ever gonna be for me You'll never like Kintsugi. No. <laughs> I really like Lana, though. Yeah. Would you say she's in your top 10? Yeah, she's like, she's in my, especially these last couple of years, she's been in like my top five, like most played artists every Mark. year. So. um, Next track is Fingertips. This song is so good. It's so amazing. This is kind of, go ahead. What are you going to say? Go ahead. Okay. I know, like, I know that you like love this song and I get like the things that she touches on it. Like I feel like if I was like a, if Lana was like my number one, like if this was Taylor singing about this, I'd be like. <laughs> like you'd, be, <laughs> you'd be crushed. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, she does touch on really deep things in it, but it's just not a song that like I personally would like go to to like listen. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad song though. I think it's better than Kintsuki. Okay, I'd give it okay. a, I'd give it like a, a four and a half out of five. Oh, okay. Like, That's still pretty high. Like the lyrics are really good. Like I can appreciate like good lyricism. It's just like not a song for me that I would go back and play yeah. over and over again. Yeah. 
I I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum, of course. Fingertips is probably honestly, it's so good. <laughs> like if you like dark lyrics, I feel like there is sort of a progression within the song, but not a lot. Um, it's not a stripped back piano ballad like Kintsugi. There's definitely more production in it, but I think the lyrics on this song are so good. Uh, we've never had a Lana song like this, but I think this is this to me ranks as like her saddest song she's ever made. Really? I mean, she's talking about her uncle <laughs> himself. She Beep. talks about being at 15 she talks about like her wanting to take her own life because she was so close with her uncle Aww. like there's a lot of things that she talks about on this like song that is so like whoa like it's really insane and i think if you are lana a casual listener and you've like kept up with her and you do have like the mental capacity to take on slower songs like you will really like this song and that's not shade towards you. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like people who like I watched a reaction video today and these two twins, there's like these twin brothers and they were reacting to Born to Die and they said video games was so boring. Is it those two? Uh, I think I've seen their videos. Are I, they, yeah. Are they are they black? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I think they're both gay. Yeah, they are. Okay. They are. I've seen some of their Taylor reactions. Yeah. And I'm like, they were like, yeah, they were like video games. Like, ooh, they were like, that's, they're like, that's a slow song. Like, ugh. And then they were like, yeah, they're like, that one's pretty boring. I mean, and then when they did the ranking at the end, they said that was their least favorite song. What? Did they like Lana though? They loved Born to Die. But I'm like, don't go past that. Cause I mean, I, I think they would like Lust for Life. But if they think video games is too slow, honey, girl, don't go to Honey Snooze. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's what Nikki calls honeymoon because he does not like it yet. Well, I'm going to convert him. I'm going to convert him. Maybe. Um, but yeah, fingertips. I mean, this is a career highlight for me. Like, I don't know. Like, this is really like, this is probably top five favorite Lana songs of all time. Oh, wow. This song is so fucking good. And I love, you know what well, I love. How is it? It's you're in your top five, but it's it's not your number one in your top three. From the album? Yeah. No. It is in my top three. It is in your top three, but how is it in your top... So are those other songs also in your top five of all time, Lana songs? No. Make it make sense. If you're a Lana stan, you'll understand. I think it's amazing. I love this song so much. Um, I feel like I had one more thought, but you interrupted me. <laughs> Please. What am I... Oh, we always talk about how we love when you can hear... The way they sing a song, how you can hear how heartbroken they are. Yeah. And I feel like with this song, Lana does that perfectly. Execution is perfect. Five out of five. Next song is Paris, Texas featuring Simmel. How do um, you feel? I like the song. I give it a four out of five. I give it I give it a five out of five. It reminds me so much of a Coraline soundtrack song. Like, I, I liked it. I liked it. It's cute. I, I think it's really cute, too. Definitely wasn't my favorite whenever on first listen. And I've grown to really like it more now that I've given it like more times to re-listen to it. Um, but I mean, it's still down there on in terms of like my face from the album. But it's yeah, cute. It's, it's cute. cute. If you like the Coraline soundtrack, you're going to like this song. Period. Yeah, I like the piano in it. It's really cute. It's cute and simple. Um, Next track, Grandfather, Please Stand on the Shoulders of My Father's While He's Deep Sea Fishing. That's my favorite. Five so out of five. fucking good. Holy it's so shit. So good. It does. It like you said before. It kind of does remind me of like a song that could be off NFR. Oh yeah. Uh, just because the chorus is so catchy. That chorus is so catchy. It's so like that build, that progression, everything about the song is so good. I when we listen when we left that uh, the listening party, I was like, this is my favorite. And then when we got back here and we listened to it the day after, I was like, this is still a favorite. Like, the song is so good. And people are hating on Jack and two of the songs. I know he didn't produce the song, but two of the songs on this album are, like, two some of the best on this oh, album. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a Jack defender. Oh, we know. We know. <laughs> uh, next song is Let the Light In featuring Father John Misty. That's my second favorite. I love it. So good. I love their voices together. So good. Um, 
it's I like it how it's it sounds different from anything else on this album, which I really like too. It's like not piano, so that was shade. Um I love this song a lot. I think a lot of people draw comparisons to this song to Tomorrow Never Came from Lust for Life. I've seen that comparison on Twitter where they're like they like they're sisters. Like, oh my god, they're sisters or they're cousins or like, oh, this is A side, B side. Like, like distant cousins, yeah. Yeah, because Tomorrow Never Came is sad, and this is more happy. Yeah. Well, it's still kind of sad. They kind of have the same vibe, though. They do, which I really like. I hope one day, if she ever made an album like this, or just her I guitar, would love it. that would eat. Oh, yeah. Eat down. I feel like Lana doesn't use a lot of guitar since, like, ultraviolence. With more of these men with their deep voices. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, next song is Margaret featuring Bleachers. I love that song. So good. It's so good. Uh, someone on the day the album came out, someone, tw- uh, one of my stands, like one of my moots, my oomphies. When I'm in love, I'm going to be playing this song a lot. Oh, yeah. I Low-key contender for my wedding song. Sorry. Oh, yeah. It's a good song. It is a good song. Um, I someone one of my oomphies on Twitter. They tweeted they were like the second the album came out, they're like I'm a Margaret defender, and then they put it in their bio and they put it in their name, and then they put Jack Antonoff and Taylor as their profile picture. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, this song is really good. Yeah, you fucking Lana stands do too much with Jack Antonoff. Climb Y'all off his, do. climb off his fucking dick and climb off the cross too. Please, please. Uh, next song, Fishtail. Probably one of my least favorites on the album. Same, but it's I still down there with Kintsugi. I still like it. It's like a three and a half out of five. I still like it. I give it a five out of five. Um, I think what. Okay. I'm a stan. Uh, I will I one day. I will literally turn around and be like, "Kintsugi and Fishtail are my favorites off this album." Like that's just how it be. I, yeah. I I like it, and I understand where she was going with it. I think the casual beat drop and then the random trap snares um, kind of threw me off a little bit, and that's why I'm kind of like uh, about this track. But I know I will end up liking it one day. You wanted me sadder. I like it. I like it too. Uh... <laughs> Um, next song is Peppers. Overrated. Featuring Tommy Genesis. Um People were overhyping this on Twitter. It is the not girls that were good. overhyping this on Twitter. It is not that good. It's it's good, but it's not like people were like, like, this one- is better than Summer Bummer. Fuck no. No, Summer Bummer's a hit. Summer Bummer is like her best trap song she's ever made. Ever. It's so good. It's up there with High by the Beach for me. Oh yeah. In terms of trap songs by Lana. Um, I think Peppers, Peppers is good. It's cute. It's fun. It's just a little like summer bop. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, it's one of the best off the album. Mm-mm. People are people are putting it in their top three. Girl, please. please. Literally, girl, please. You know, when Drew listened no. to this album, I'm dragging you, Drew. When Drew listened to this album, he said uh, the last three songs, he was like, top five for me. That's no fucking taste. That's no taste. And he texts me that, and I literally said, are you serious? And he goes, you know we're trolling. You know in about a month we'll be singing all these songs. But he was like, right now? Because they got the vinyl. And they're like, we're going to listen to the album vinyl. I said, okay, queers. They give short attentions, man. And then they played the side A and B, and then they text me, and they said, we're switching records. Like, when does it get good? Girl, please. Literally, please. Literally, please. Oh, my God. But that's coming from Kim Charles Stans. Yeah. Girl, please. Yeah, if you liked Blue Bannisters more than Chemtrails, you probably like this album more than Oh yeah. Than Chemtrails. If you like Anafar, you'll like this album. Yeah, for sure. If you're a Born to Die Truther stand and defender, stop standing. <laughs> Uh, last song is Taco Truck XVB. It was cute. It was really, it was cute. I like it. I think it's fun. I think it's better than Fishtails. I think it's better than Fishtails too. I think it's cute. I think it's just fun. Um, you know what I mean? And, uh, I like the song Taco Truck. And then the XVB is just a sample from Venice Bitch from NFR in 2019. I mean, the second half of this album does eat up the first half. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. 
Like the se- <laughs> like the first half is good, but the second half is really good. Well, we also got like you also have to think about it, we got three singles from the first half. Yeah. So like if we hadn't heard anything from this album and it just came out and then we listened to all of it, I feel like we'd be like That's true. But I see what you're saying. And some stands are like, which side do you prefer? And I'm like, ugh. Final thoughts. I feel like she came to serve. And one of my favorite things, one of my favorite topics in the song that she explores is like death and mortality and like afterlife and the thought of, is there an afterlife? What if there isn't? Things like that. And I think it was executed so well on this album. And as like, not even that, like she managed to mix sort of like the themes of death and the themes of, again, mortality and mix it with, well, we're alive now, so let's have fun. And that's where we have, like, I feel like we have, like, the back half of the record. I feel like the front half is more talking about those themes. Mm-hmm. And then the back half is more, well, we're living life right now. Do you know what I mean? Would you agree with that s- sentiment? Yeah, I would. Me, personally, I do prefer the second half, but I do really like the first half as well. I do think this is, like, Lana's best album in a long time. Um and that's not shade. I promise it's not shade. There's only been two albums between NFR and this album. But like NFR came out like four years ago. I'm hoping for the best for Lana. I hope she gets a- <laughs> You shady bitch. No, I'm not being shady. Like, you know, I hope she gets a Grammy, you know. Do you think this album's Grammy material? Yeah, I could see her winning a Grammy for this. I think that it's alter Like, this is like actually alternative enough to where like they could this album could actually be put in instead of being put in the pop categories at the grammys it could be put in like the alternative categories which i think if she was put in the alternative category she'd have a way better shot at winning a grammy i think so too i think she could not sweet i I think if she's in the pop categories with taylor and says she's not gonna win yeah they're gonna be sabotaging the queen that's sabotage if they put her in those pop categories. Yeah. But with but their arguments always are like that I she's mean, too mainstream or something like that. Like their arguments as well. I mean, I remember when Lust for Life got put in best pop vocal album. And they were like people that is were a like, pop album though. Like whatever. honestly her most like alternative albums are like Blue Bannisters and this most recent one. Whatever. You just don't want her to compete with Taylor the <laughs> Taylor the icon. If you're telling me <laughs> Taylor Swift's album Midnight, SZA's album SOS, and Lana Del Rey's album Ocean Boulevard are all in the same category. Well, I wonder. That makes no sense. I wonder if SOS will, if Grammys, you know, because SZA's black, so they're probably going to try to shove her in the R&B category. That's true. So I don't even know if she'll get nominated for Best Pop Vocal. She might get, like, Best R&B Album, but she'll probably still be in the main categories, like Album of the Year and stuff. She deserves something for SOS. Oh, she'll definitely... I think she definitely will. She'll definitely sweep, like... Because they will put her in the R&B categories. I mean, it's still an R&B album for the most part. But yeah, she's definitely going to... I think she's going to sweep the R&B categories next year. I hope so. And hopefully... I would love to see her win a main award, too. I mainly just want to see Taylor win Song of the Year or, like, Record of the Year. (laughs) Yeah. Because she's never won those awards before. Um, The last time she won an award for a song, like for a song that she wrote was Safe and Sound. Was that an Oscar? No, that was a, she, it was like a, the Grammy for like best visual media. Like for, that's the like category that they put for like songs that are like made for movies or TV shows. That doesn't really make any sense. Like it does, but just go to the Oscars. Yeah, but they have a category for that at the Grammys, too, because it's music. Oh, true, I guess. I guess. Anyways, um, to sort of wrap up my thoughts on, did you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard? Um, I think I love it so much. I think it's dark. I think it's, I think it's, it's filled with some of her, like, most meaningful and autobiographical songs. And I really, really love it. And I can't wait in 10 years to tell my kids about this album and be like this she sings about death and mortality and like life but then also sings about letting life be good and allowing yourself to be open to it being good and i think that's something really special your kid watching elmo okay (laughs) (laughs) me playing fingertips being like you don't understand she talks about like and they're like five okay (laughs) (laughs) Put on a lover album. 
I can't wait for that box set discography repress of Taylor. I bet she'll. I bet whenever she's done with Taylor's version, she's gonna do like a a, a repress of uh, all her like stuff that she owns. You think so? I think so. I mean, capitalistic queen. Yeah, that makes sense. Like if she did like a record store day, and she like she did a few years ago for her older music, I think she she would do the same for like but her new music and do like different new new variants that would serve that would serve i buy every single one of them same speaking of um pop divas and pop icons and pop albums um i know i think we talked about like two weeks ago or something where i've really come into my madonna obsession era christian's the madonna stand now um but i'm not even joking when i've officially hit the stand button i have the stand um I have my stan card. I finally converted him. I mean, I was never a Madonna stan, but I've been putting his stuff in his ear all these years. For years. Because he's always been like a Gaga defender. I was a Gaga. I was never a Gaga stan. I was a Gaga defender. Yeah. You were a stan at one point in your gay life, though. Oh, yeah. Early in my life. I was. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Sitting there at 14, 15, listening to Art Pop, getting my life. Yeah. And then listening to Joanne, though. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I just have never thought her music was a serve. <laughs> Young Wild American. And I just think it it just makes it worse for me like with her fans and stuff. They act like she's the greatest artist of all time or something. Yeah, I think let's let's a, talk about that's, that. That's such a stretch. So I know that the Gaga and Madonna beef has settled. Like the dust has settled. It's over. And they've officially like they're they're cool now, but for many years I low-key wish it was still going on. I hope she reignites it. Madonna? Yeah. I would love that. It was entertaining. And I'm sorry, but Gaga should have given Madonna her credit. Yeah. If when... you don't know the if you don't know the, the sort of story of the Madonna and Gaga beef, basically when Gaga first came on the scene, Madonna actually saw her in a club. And this was like pre I think it was either the fame had just come out or the fame was about to come out. Or like I don't know, something. Madonna saw her in a club and thought her energy was great, that she was a good live singer, and just was like, this girl's got something special. So then she was like, okay, cool. Years later, Lady Gaga comes out, and a lot of fans noticed a lot of similarities in sort of early Gaga work um, versus Madonna's work. And there was a bunch of comparisons throughout the years. And then it came around the year 2011. When Born This Way was released. And while Madonna was like about to put out MDNA and was like sort of promoting it a little bit, she was asked about Lady Gaga's Born This Way song. And if you don't know, um, you've heard that song a million times. Some people say she's imitating you. What do you what do you think? What do I think? It feels reductive. What does that mean? Look it up. We did. It didn't. It means like simplified. It and means what else? simplified or crude. <laughs> Which she ate with that. But she did eat down with <laughs> that. That was a read. That was a read. Look it up. <laughs> um. Basically, people say a lot of people, and like this is what like really, really ignited the feud. I feel like, which I mean, the feud was already sort of bubbling between the communities of fans, but I feel like this is what really brought it to the surface and really started like attention between the stars. Was um, "Born This Way" sounded a lot like a Madonna song called "Express Yourself," and if you've same never message, heard, same production, same melody, yeah. yeah. If you've never heard Madonna's song Express Yourself, first of all, it's a million times better than Born This Way. Um, second of all, um, it's actually good. And it's it has, just like Nikki said, like the same production, same melody, and same message. And that's what a lot of people were like, huh. And then the fans went berserk. Madonna started throwing shade, Madonna, and then Gaga responded to the shade, and da-da-da-da-da-da. There was a bunch of just, like, random, like... What did Gaga say to the things that, like, Madonna was saying at the time? Did she ever respond to her saying, like, Lady Who, or when she was at that concert, and she said... Yeah, because she was on Howard Stern, and she was like, um... She was like, 
she thinks I'm a threat to the throne and she's like I don't want your fucking throne I have my own like thank you like I'll just move on like whatever and then Gaga also in her five foot two documentary that she put out on Netflix that's where Gaga also came out where Stan's loved to post where she's like the one thing about Madonna is she never said that shit to my face she loves to go behind my back and da, 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 but she never sat there and looked me in my face and then she goes I'm an Italian girl from New York if I got a fucking problem with you I'm gonna say it to your face and then everyone was like girl Shut please up. whatever um no one's scared of you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I just think the Madonna and Gaga feud is really it kind of reminds me a lot of the Cardi and Nikki feud in a way definitely never got as heated but it just reminds me where the new girls come out they travel the 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 paved way and they don't pay homage they don't (laughs) (laughs) the the new girl came out which was Gaga walked the same path that Madonna paved for her and never wanted to pay homage acknowledge give credit Gaga has always said Madonna's an icon. I love Madonna. She said that in the beginning of her career. That's always been facts. But she's never said I've been inspired by Madonna. Madonna's da 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 da. I got this look and I it's inspired by Madonna. And I feel like that was Madonna's like whole problem though. Like the comparison. So like a lot of the times like when people would compare like shit would be like too accurate to the point where it was like why isn't she giving credit? Like literally it literally seems like you're copying her. Yeah. Like you can be influenced by somebody and as long as you give credit it's fine but like she didn't give any credit and i'm sorry like that's one of the reasons why like i really like even like just her like music alone like i really don't like gaga's music or like her fans or her personality or any of that shit but her not giving madonna credit like i completely understand why madonna didn't like her for years i would be pissed too if you completely ripped off one of my songs and and visuals and other stuff that she's ripped off and gave me no credit and like she's never she has never like even came out today and given madonna credit for any of that and i think that's ridiculous i think it is too and i think as well a lot of people go ahead and when she didn't when she didn't post about sophie when sophie died oh that's what i'm getting at that's what i'm getting at I think that's what started. That's what really started that, to plant the seeds. That's of you, what really started the of seed. you not liking her. So if you don't know, Sophie was a producer for Charlie XCX and her own producer for many years. She produced like Yeah Right, um, which features Kendrick Lamar. Like she produced songs for Rihanna. Like Sophie has been in the game, but just like behind the scenes for many years. Um, she was a trans woman. She was like an icon she was a really revolutionary like producer and she unfortunately passed and the thing that really pissed me off and what really started my disliking for Gaga and I don't think I'll ever forgive her for this no matter if she even said something now um is I just think that so Sophie passed and it was rumored that Sophie and Gaga were working together and a lot of Gaga stands were happy because a lot of Gaga stands are gay and a lot of people who do know Sophie were queer and that are sense. gay people. Yeah. So one day like Sophie did a show and was like afterwards and was just like, are you going to like, do, is it true that you're working with Gaga? And Sophie was like, yeah, like we made a couple songs that they come out, they come out. If they don't, they don't like whatever. Um, then it was like Sophie blood pop and Gaga. They all worked together and like all this other stuff. Like it was a whole bunch. It was like, Sophie and Gaga knew each other they were friends everything and and Sophie liked Gaga and was like you know her sounds are really cool whatever what really pissed me off and what really really started the Gaga thing was so Sophie passed and all these celebrities and people who she had worked with were coming out and everything pray for Charlie was number one trending on Twitter whenever Sophie passed because people knew and then a little side note story. Remember Charlie D'Amelio? You know her? Yeah. You know, she thought that that was for her. And she was like, guys, I'm okay. Oh, my God. And then everyone was like, you though? vapid bitch. Like, that's not for you, you fucking bitch. Like, people were livid. They um, talked about it on Frenemies. And, oh like, Trisha was like. I forgot at the concert, didn't Charlie, like, didn't she talk about Sophie and she started crying? Yeah. Because she talked about mm. Room for Room and how iconic that song was now. But when. 
Like, that song was released. Charlie Stans turned on her because, I mean, a lot of people knew her from Sucker. She went from Sucker to Vroom Vroom. Yeah. So, like, when you go through a genre switch like that, like a lot of Stans, it's really telling whether Stans will follow you or just switch up. Poor Charlie. Yeah. But, anyway, so, like, people knew. Charlie, number one trending on Twitter. Gaga's been on Twitter, active. Rihanna posted a photo with Sophie and said, can't believe this, yada, yada. Like, oh, my God. Like, this is insane. Love you, Sophie. Um, well, who's that rapper? That gay rapper? Or he's bisexual. Kevin Abstract? Yes, he posted something as well. Like, all these people just kept coming out of the woodworks and, like, posting stuff. And, like, a lot of people knew. Even if you didn't know who Sophie was, people were like, what? But, like, the fact that Gaga worked with her and she didn't say anything. Worked with her on her most, like, months prior. And you're telling me you didn't say a single word? Like, you went, made songs, and then just like didn't say anything about her death not only that but you swear to be a champion for the queer community yet you made a whole album for your homophobic aunt and then not only that but sophie dies and you don't say a word her aunt was homophobic yeah but i don't know that just like it really that's really what started it like that's what really started my sort of like disliking of gaga and then be- in the past couple like weeks where I've really started to like become and even just other things too like Nikki would tell me things like you know her music isn't really that good and I'd be like girl please and I'd listen to <laughs> Judas and be like Judas Judas <laughs> but I come to think of it and I'm like her music isn't that good <laughs> it's not like you go back and listen to it and there's no replay value and <laughs> like I will always I've said this a million times and I'll always say this. I don't care if I become rich and famous and this podcast clip audio bit gets taken out of context, whatever. I will always cheer on Gaga for what she did for me in my early years as being a closeted teen because Gaga was coming up whenever I was a child and like discovering my sexuality and things like that. I will always applaud her for that. But when I go back and listen to her music, I'm not listening because I relate to it. I'm not listening because I love those albums. I'm not listening because I'm like that. I'm listening for nostalgia. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, like I listen to Judas and I'm like, God, I remember when this was released. That's so cool. When I was a kid, I'm not listening to it being like, you've never heard this Gaga song. Let me put you and on. Like, I'm not going to say like she doesn't have any good songs at all. There's like a couple songs, Gaga songs that I do like. However... She's never made a good body of work to me, like, at all. Like, none of her albums, I'm like, this is, like, 10 out of 10, or, like, even, like, a 9 out of 10, or I'm like, ooh, this is a really, really great album, like, front to back. Yeah. They're they're kind of messy. They are. All her albums are kind of messy. I think the only solid body, cohesive body of work that she's ever made was uh, The Fame. It's her biggest album. I mean, even just little things of, like, when you told me that Billboard had to change the rules because Born This Way is the highest selling album of all time. And it, I was like, what? well, it's not the highest selling album of all time. It sold a million copies in the first week. But the only reason it sold a million copies was because her team discounted the album to 99 cents on Amazon. And that's how they sold a million copies. And after that, a- uh, Billboard changed the rules to where you had to sell your album for at least four ninety nine which is $5 for it to count as like an album sale. So like her team literally sold a whole album for less than what a song on iTunes costs, which is a dollar 29, a whole album for 99 cents. And that's how she was able to get to a million copies. And Gaga Sands love to bring that up because Taylor's Taylor's sold a million copies. What? Six times now. <laughs> and well, no five did five times, but next ts 11's coming the, yeah she the only reason she sold a million copies was because she discounted it all the way to 99 cents girl that's fraudulent that is fraudulent behavior not only is that fraudulent behavior but that's like what why literally and like literally anyone could go and i bet you people still have that on their phone and they're like eh, i just kind of bought it because it was 99 cents probably like girl. i mean it's an album for 99 cents like and then people like to like compare tours and stuff girl please people are like the monster ball tour gaga's tours have never really given like amazing production to me no it just feels costumey and like cheap yeah oh my gosh her enigma show was so bad girl that, that was Vegas horrible shit, that wig that fu- 
And then that video of her like getting on top of that guy and she's like, was she like on drugs during that? We have no idea. Allegedly. Um, you know, allegedly people were At the top of my lungs! But it seems like there was it seemed like during that time like there was like something going on with her though, like I feel like she really I feel like that Enigma show like really kind of like made people think of God less as a performer because I remember when like the videos from that show were like going viral and people were like what the fuck is this like because there were so many moments like that one where she's like coming down and she's like screaming and she's like what the fuck or have you seen or she's like don't take pictures of my pussy or that one guy and she's like she's like jumping on him and she falls off the stage yeah girl or i remember like not even that i remember during the art pop era she was like it's performance art and she had a um an artist who would paint by throwing up she would eat a bunch of food before and she'd throw up and gaga's playing drums and she triggers the girl's gag reflex and makes her throw up on her that's real that's real. i can show you that right now that's real yeah Sometimes. If you've never seen that, anyone who's listening, if you've never seen that and you're like, what the fuck did I just say? Google it. Because I remember that was a huge controversy because people literally were like, that's disgusting. Like, that's bodily fluids. Like, that has to have a biohazard cleanup. Like, that's like not okay. And people were, and she was like, it's art. Also, she still worked with R. Kelly, even though those allegations were out there back then, too. Remember that Boondocks episode? Yeah, like he pissed on a girl and that that shit was in like 2009 and she had that song with R. Kelly in like, uh, what, 2013? That was an art pop came out. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, um, I don't know. Like, I just think a lot of people, oh my God. Also, I remember she used to act so weird during the art pop era. I think she was really freaking out too because like I think her late, like maybe it was her label too, but like. I remember there was like a stand war going on because I think Roar came out the same week as Applause did. Yeah. And when Roar went number one and I think Applause went like number four, she tweeted something like, I don't make music for the charts and yada, yada, yada. Girl, please. Every time you release, you push that shit like you want it to go number one. That's why you discounted your album before Art Pop at 99 cents. (laughs) I don't know. And I also just think like, you know, I... I briefly shout out like my friend Austin. Shout out Austin. He shout out. he does listen to the pod. Oh, I'm sorry. I know you like Gaga. We're shitting on her hard. <laughs> <laughs> I just think um as well. I know some people have and you know my friend Austin did say this too. They were like her looks, her visuals. And I'm like Gaga gave camp fashion during the born this way era she did like art pop era it was camp fashion but when you take a look at who did it first i mean i can't like i'm not even gonna like hold like gaga she did have some like iconic red carpet look absolutely especially back in the day uh, absolutely i'll you give can't her that hold it to her and her met gala look for the theme camp that ate down I mean, she did switch looks, which that was cool. But I mean, every look was boring. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was. They were yeah. all so basic. Yeah. Like, I guess the, it was camp because she switched outfits three times. But I remember someone was like, yeah, she switched outfits three times. But like every outfit was kind of boring. I just think. I don't know. Like she does have iconic looks. She does. She does. I, I, the hold, one that I think of, the one that I think of the most is that meat dress from the that the 2009 VMAs. So much happened that night. So much happened that, that night. That's like the most icon. I feel like that's the most iconic VMAs ever. Yeah. Not only that, but I think like, and a lot of people are like, it was a meat dress. Yeah, it was a protest for AIDS. Like that was the whole point of it. Like it was in support. I didn't of know AIDS. that. And I think like that's really cool and like but it just kind of seems to me like i don't know she used to say like i remember being a gaga fan and people were like she does that shit for attention and i used to be like no like it's camp it's artistry but she doesn't do that stuff anymore and i understand maybe it's like it's tired whatever yada yada yada. but madonna has served looks and still does continue to serve looks 
And it's not tired. It's Madonna. It's Madonna. And I just think like, I don't know, to me, sometimes maybe again, this is just me being having my feelings hurt about the whole Sophie thing. And I have Googled it. Did Lady Gaga, maybe she talked about an interview. Maybe I look up Lady Gaga, Sophie on Twitter. Nothing. All it's about is about their collab back in the day. I look it up on Google. Nothing. It's just rumors about their collab. It's that video of Sophie. That's all I see. Gaga's never publicly said anything about Sophie. But to me, it just seems like during the beginning of her career, she found her audience of gay fans hooked onto it, gave camp outfits, camp visuals, made dance music, just like Madonna did, and then switched her flow, reached a wider audience, and then just stopped giving camp and just was like, meh. And now she just is like, and people are like, Chromatica's camp. Chromatica is not camp. And I feel like with Joanne, like... She was really trying after like art pop didn't really do that well. I feel like with Joanne, she was trying to reach like a more like I feel like she was trying to reach more so like white America, like white yeah. straight America and like appeal more to those people. And when that album didn't really touch anybody, um, I feel like that's when she was like, oh, let me go back to making uh, gay music. Yeah. And because, you know, most of her fans are gay. So like that's when she went back to Chromatica because everyone's like, oh, my gosh, I want ever all her fans were always telling her that she that they wanted her to like make another born this way or art pop, especially. And I feel like that's why she made Chromatica. But like. Chromatica. I mean, she didn't really touch white America with um, with Joanne, but with A Star Is Born, she actually did. Oh, she was that. I'm not even gonna lie. That she was she was scalping the girls. That was a moment. That was a moment. But out of everything else in her, I would say like, I would say like from the fame and Born This Way, her career was very stagnant mm-hmm. after that, and then it kind of like peaked again around like bo- uh, A Star Is Born era. And then I feel like people were like kind of anticipating her next album with Chromatica. And I feel like when Chromatica came out and people listened to Chromatica, like I feel like that's when people stopped caring about her again. Yeah. And I feel like that's why she's low key stalling and hasn't released an album since 2020 because like, Oh, like I think for her next album to be successful, like it's just, it has to be really good. It has to be better than like what she's put out in recent years. And like, I like Gaga, like as much as like I hate on her, like she is talented. Like she is fucking. Like that she, voice is killer. She has an amazing voice. Yep. Like she has potential to like make great music. But like, what she has put out, like it's just not that. It's not. And it's not even like I remember interviews used to say like you're the biggest star in the world. Yeah, she was at one point, but that was 2012. Like 2010. 11. She's probably like the biggest artist in like 2010. That's true because the fame monster. Yeah. That was a hit. That was her biggest album. I just think, I mean, you are also forgetting two whole albums that she made. Um, the, I know she made jazz albums. The, I still listen to those. But no, but. Because they're good. But like, I then they're again. Those those albums didn't like like yeah those albums didn't really get like a label push like only I feel like only like her core fans really know about those albums yeah I like them I own them on vinyl I think they're really great jazz albums because her voice is amazing and they're also I'm pretty sure they're like all covers so they're really good I like them that fucking video of her though I was singing the sale and someone said my, my Sims, Sims. girl. <laughs> That is so funny. <laughs> I remember when I sent you that and that took you the fuck Girl out. Girl took me out screaming. <laughs> fucking screaming. I don't know. I just think, like, when we try to compare Gaga to Madonna, you can't. You can't. You Madonna can't. Madonna has never sold out. And I get so, oh my gosh, I get so mad, like, at her fans whenever they, when I, especially when they come for, like, Madonna. Like, first of all, like, respect your elders respect the people that came before you like madonna is a fucking legend and she's the highest selling female artist of all time don't fucking compare her to lady gaga yeah don't sit there and try to say oh gaga's better than madonna in what aspects please tell me right now she serves harder looks no the fuck she doesn't you've never seen a madonna look then 
Madonna has had way more iconic moments than Gaga too. And let's not act like, you know, like Gaga has had her moments like throughout her career. I mean, she's had highlights like a star is born. And Madonna did it first with who's that girl and the fame Madonna did it first. and born this way. But like Madonna's career, like she was having consistent, like super successful albums, like back to back for over 30 years. Yeah. Like, and even now people are like, she's a flop now. Madam X still went number one. And also like Madonna was like the artist of the decade in, in the eighties. Like if Lady Gaga had stayed like as consistent as she was, like when she put out the fame, if she stayed that consistent, she probably would have been like the female artist of the decade for the 2010s or maybe not like, cause you know, Taylor, you know, it's her world, but like, <laughs> uh, but like, you know, if Lady Gaga had stayed that consistent and her success had stayed that consistent, then she would like, she would be close to Madonna's level. But like, I feel like you can't really compare Lady Gaga to her just because for one, like everything that Madonna has done and also like, her career is just so much bigger than than uh, than Gaga's is yeah. so much bigger, and not only in stats too, in households across America. Yes, people know Madonna. People also do know Gaga because of her controversies, but people know Madonna songs. Yeah, people know Madonna hits. Even the newer generations know Madonna hits. Yes, people, girl, people are like Lady Who. <laughs> <laughs> um i just think oh don't even that's a whole nother podcast topic when they say that lady gaga is better than beyonce oh performance wise please literally please enigma literally destroyed gaga's reputation when it comes to performing yes i'm sorry our pop loki did too and like like beyonce like she's like Beyonce is about to be 30 years into her career and she's still killing it. Like Renaissance is an amazing album. It's her, yes. it's my favorite album that Beyonce's put out so far. And let me tell you something. I'm sensing a trend. If Gaga's next album is house music, throw it out the window. Well, wasn't Chromatica supposed to be like house music? Yeah, but it failed. There's like two two songs that I guess you can consider house music. Sour Candy and Babylon. Oh, I guess. You, but I mean, that's still those are still pop. Beyonce records. killed it, though. Like she Murdered killed it. it. Murdered it. Like that's one thing about Beyonce, though, that I like really love about her is like her her eye for like detail is like insane. Like whenever she puts out a studio album, like I just know it's going to be good. Uh, yeah. But stands to try to say Gaga's better than Beyonce. Literally, please. Don't ever say that again. Especially like performance wise. Like. Literally, please. Those cheap ass stage fucking props. People try to come for Taylor and saying, like Gaga seems coming for Taylor saying, God, she relies on props. Have you not seen the Born This Way ball? Have you never seen that? Or her last tour. Her last tour. It's Prop City. She comes in writing fucking shit. She leaves writing shit. She has a fucking extender hand. And also, Taylor's tours look way more expensive than Gaga tours do. They do. do. Also, yeah, she performs at stadiums, but that's fucking baseball stadiums. They're not as big. They're not. And also, look at the stats of a Madonna tour. You can go on Wikipedia right now if you think that Gaga's better than Madonna. Go on Wikipedia right now and look at those fucking stats. Look at that seat capacity and what was filled. Please. Don't ever try to compare Gaga to Madonna ever again in front of my face. That is ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. The fucking hard work, that literal complete album after album, hit after hit, the complete reinvention of sound that was pulled off and successfully done by Madonna 30 to 40 years in her fucking career. There would be no Lady Gaga without Madonna. None whatsoever. Be so for real. Be so fucking for real. And people are like, she doesn't do as much controversy. Go back and look at Google Madonna controversies list top 40 and look at it. Please. And, like, and she was always supportive of like gay people. Like especially. Always. And she always spoke out for the gay community like during the peak of the AIDS crisis and everything. Too. Yes, she had she had gay benefits and AIDS benefits. She also I mean, not even to mention right now she's spoken out about the drag bills than Gaga ever could. Gaga's been silent. 
but she's a pioneer for the gay community. Not in my book. Don't even go there. Don't even go there, you whore. <laughs> Express yourself over fucking Born This Way any fucking day. I hate when I fucking hear pride videos and it's born this way in the back please i know Literally. i feel like i hear lady gaga more at pride than i do madonna because it's a bunch of fucking <laughs> sucking <laughs> beep 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 <laughs> um anyways i'm going on a tangent what's your song of the week my song of the week's probably margaret from ocean boulevard work what's yours probably heartbeat by madonna that song is amazing. It's from uh, it's from Hard Candy. You've been listening to Madonna more this week than Lana. Low key, yeah. I'm well, on you're, my you're Madonna. Like, shit. You're getting into her discography though, and there's so much to choose yeah, from, and it's all like, amazing. Doesn't she have like 15 or 14 albums? Yeah, she has Madonna. She has like a Virgin. She has True Blue. She has. God, there's a lot. Hold on. I'm literally going to count them. I'm pretty sure right her now. next, uh, I think uh, someone on Twitter said that her next album's her like, 15th studio album. They were like, oh my gosh, M15 is coming. <laughs> <laughs> but if we're excluding soundtracks and just doing studio albums, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yeah, so I guess if you're excluding soundtracks, it's M15 is coming. I'm so excited. I am, we're tuning in. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'll be oh, there yeah. at least night. We're throwing a party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see y'all later. See you later. You know I feel